anymore. All right, let's get started. Football fans, welcome to the NFL Week 11 Recap Roundtable. We got Omar Yusuf and NFG, uh, who's apparently in the gym or just committed a crime. What are the two? How are you guys doing? Nice. Yeah, we just ran a train on the Minnesota Vikings. So. <laughs> oh my God. Ooh. Let's keep it PG or at least PG 13. All right, we'll get to that game, but we're going to go ahead and start with the Atlanta Falcons beating the Chicago Bears uh, 27 to 24. What did you guys see in this game? Go for it, away. Um, well, I saw Kyle Pitts get injured, I guess. Uh, unfortunately, and I feel like that was a waste of a season. Um, but hey, they won the game. And like I said, like on the preview or I think the recap last week, the Bears, man, like Justin Fields is doing all these great things, but they're just, just not a good team. Like they're just not. And I think the Falcons is interesting, man. That division race is kind of shaping up where you have like, I feel like the Buccaneers are a much better team than the Falcons. But the Falcons might win the division. Like, you know, or at least they're going to push them for them. Right. But just, you know, we all want Brady out of the playoffs. So let's, let's hope that's what we get. Uh, but, yeah, that was kind of my main takeaway. Also, Cordero Patterson might be the greatest kick returner of all time. Not, not punt returner, but the greatest kick returner. I think he tied the record for most kick returns in history. So yeah. uh, that was something else I took a look at. That was very significant. Yeah. Now if what did you see? Yeah, I also I also saw Kyle Pitts get injured, uh, and uh, I also saw him play, which uh, weird because I felt like he's been injured all year. He's looked like absolute crap. I don't know if that's Mariota or whatever it is, but uh, I also noticed that this Falcons team can be really good with a the quarterback. Uh, they're just a quarterback away. You know, they got a talented running game. They have pass catchers and Pitts in London. These other guys, um, I'm going to have to piggyback what I said about Patterson. I think he is the greatest kick returner of all time. Um, Bears look good too, man. Justin Fields looks dangerous. I think he's going to be really good going forward. Um, and, yeah, just a good one for the Falcons. Yeah, whenever I watch both of these teams, I have no idea how they win games because they're, but I, neither of them are complete teams to me. To be honest with you, the the Falcons' offense, especially now without Cal Pitts, they weren't even using him before, but they just don't seem like a coherent offense. I mean, they do have a running game, and they do have some good pass blocking, but um, most of it is just pretty average. And the same thing with the Bears. Um, you know, now that Khalid Herbert is is uh, is out, um, they're just leveraging Fields and, and Montgomery, but. Fields is, is not a great passer. That's why they lose all these games. You know, they can't do it when it when it matters. And they traded all their defensive players. So I think these are both just kind of meh teams that played each other. And one team had to come out on top. And there was another matchup of the meh teams that we're, we're going to talk about later. So we'll move on to the Buffalo Bills beating the Chicago, uh, the, the Cleveland Browns 31-23. to This was a little bit closer than I thought it would be. Or actually a lot closer than I thought it would be. What did you guys think of this game? Um, man, I thought Amari Cooper was great. Every time I see the Browns play, I get a little pissed off. And we gave this guy up hey, for a Yeah, uh, but yeah, the Bills was a bounce back game for the Bills. 
They didn't look too great, to be honest. I mean, I felt like Josh Allen hasn't been himself since the injury. But uh, they needed this win more than in, more than ever, and uh, they got it done. That's what I saw. Um, so I'm going to give the Bills the major props here. I think everything they were dealing with, all of the off-the-field type things that they were dealing with, with the weather and the travel and the uncertainty, you know, I think, I forgot who it was, but one of the players said that he had to walk like 20 blocks in the snow to get to the car that was going to take him to the airport. So for them to like, you know, deal with that, you know, I, I think they deserve a lot of credit. And I think that that did play play a little bit, some role here in kind of uh, keeping this game closer. Uh, but the one thing I'll disagree with you, Nathan, is I, I do think that Josh Allen has looked exactly like Josh Allen. I think he's a high-variance player, you know. And what I mean by that is when he's high, he's very high. But then, like, in you know, the past few games, he's made some of these decisions and some of these throws where you're just like, bro, what are you doing? And it cost them in the Minnesota game. Um, and, you know, I think he had a couple of throws on Sunday. It didn't really cost them, so, like, it's no big deal. Um, but that's, that's something that I noticed. And also noticed, Begneath, your guy, Cook, is out there looking like the best running back on the team. So that kind of jumped out to me. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, on that note, I think this year should be a sign for coaches in the future to instantly use their uh, rookie running backs when the season starts. A lot of them are reverse to doing that. Same thing with Andy Reid in Kansas City. It's not until now that he's using Pacheco. Pacheco finally had that 100-yard game. We'll talk about that later. But absolutely, these rookie running backs should be used early in the season when they're still fresh and they can still give you a lot of production. So I agree with that. Um, the fact that the Bills, you're right, that even played this game at all with those conditions. There were you know players posting uh, videos on Instagram of them being buried in the snow and, and they were able to get out to the game. And then they're also going to play against Detroit on Thursday. So it's like a, there's like a lot of stability for them now. They have those two straight games in Detroit. Um, yeah, to me, the, the, the Cleveland Browns looked like they could compete here. Um, I was pretty surprised. Like they're very scrappy. Like I said, Donovan Peoples-Jones continues to ascend as a great number two receiver, uh, along with, you know, Amare and then uh, David Njoku. I think they have some great weapons. If Deshaun returns to his form, this is going to be a very dangerous team with that defense. But yeah, the Chicago, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills, they, they they got it done, and this was a much needed win for them because the AFC um, uh, East was slipping out of the, their grasp. So good win for them. Moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Indianapolis Colts seventeen to sixteen. There was a very spirited um, celebration after this game by Nick Sirianni. Because he felt like Frank Reich, which is one of his mentors, shouldn't have been uh, fired. So this meant uh, a little bit extra to him. What did you guys see in this game? Go ahead, no, no, I'm gonna let you go. I know, I know, you have some thoughts on this. What a clown, man! Like Sirianni is such a clown, and like it's not just me as a Cowboys fan saying it. I saw it all over Twitter, like fans of other teams, analysts, you know, guys who watch. Like this guy, like. You are the head coach and you're the leader of that team. You should not be like, and this isn't the first time he's done something like idiotic like this. But turning to the game itself, you know, I didn't, you know, I've been saying this all year. 
the Eagles are a really good team, very talented. But, again, their offense, you can kind of shake it up a little bit. And I don't know if they can sustain some of those some of those shots that you might give them early on. Now, they did in this game. They came back. Kudos to them. The Colts have a pretty solid defense. So, you know, they were able to come back and win. But I saw a team, again, that's very beatable. Um, Jonathan Taylor was running on them, like right up the gut, too. Right on Sue, right on uh, uh, Joseph. So I know they just signed those guys, but that's something I noticed and something to kind of keep an eye on moving forward with with, with the Eagles because they did just barely scrape by here. Yeah. Dave? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with most of what I said. I mean, Sirianni's a punk. The Eagles definitely look beatable. I think uh, this was another game that uh, – the other team just let slip away. It was sort of like the Cardinals game where I thought the other team really had a chance to win. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were. The Colts were running up the gut on Sue and Lenval Joseph early, but I felt like they kind of locked in later on towards the end of the game. And I think, I mean, I think they can stop the run going forward, to be honest, especially if they get Jordan Davis back. Are they getting him back this year? I'm not sure. But Maybe. Yeah, man, they got some run stuffers there. But, uh, yeah, Sue will give you one. Sue will give you, like, some unsportsmanlike penalty when, when you really don't need it. So, uh, yeah, they're just a beatable team. That's my takeaway, honestly. If the Colts, if you're barely screeching by the Colts, it's, uh, it's not a good sign for you. So that's what I yeah. saw. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, some people could have said last week was um, a divisional game that, you know, Washington always gives them trouble. That's not the case. This is team wasn't even in their uh, conference I mean um, it shows that they are beatable like you guys said and they almost did lose this game uh, especially against the run they're very poor um, and the Colts could have won this game so as a, a fan of a an NFC team I would have loved to see the Eagles lose um, unfortunately it didn't happen but moving forward uh, I think the Eagles are going to be very beatable in the NFC so we'll see uh, where Can it goes from here just real quick yeah Matt Ryan looked so scared in this game, like terrified, like happy feet, mm. running backwards. Like, I think he's done, man. Like, I, I think like mentally the guy is like done because he did not look, he looked like a shell of himself. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we'll see. That, that QB situation in Indianapolis is looking a little rough. I agree. Moving on to the New England Patriots beating the New York Jets 10-3 to where not a single offensive touchdown was scored the entire game. And the game was won on a last-minute punt return by uh, a rookie punt returner uh, on the Patriots. What did you guys see in this defensive slugfest? Bill Belichick working his juju on the New York Jets. I mean, dude, he can't lose. He can't lose to the Jets. It's impossible. 14 straight. Saw, honestly, saw. 14 straight. 14 straight. And then I saw uh, Zach Wilson, man. I saw his press his post game. That was just a horrible answer, man. You can't say that after just putting up three points. I think he said something along the lines that he doesn't feel bad uh, for the defense. I mean, the defense played a heck of a game. There are no offensive touchdowns on both sides. Of the, I mean, for both teams. So, uh, yeah, man. It's just a uh, uh, okay. bad, bad quarterback play from the Jets. Bad quarterback play from both teams, to be honest, but Zach Wilson is a bum. He's a lazy. He needs to do some going up really quick. Yeah. I'll let, I'll let you guys go. I got to pump some. 
Back on. All right, be back, be back for the game we want to talk about. Uh, Rodi, <laughs> w- welcome. Uh, we were just talking about the New England Patriots beating the New York Jets. Uh, did you see any of this game? I would never watch. I would never watch such a horrible game with two horrible teams. Why would I do that? <laughs> so no. Um, okay. So yeah, basically, as as was mentioned before, uh, this was. Uh, the 14th straight time that the the Patriots beat the New York Jets, um, and it was just basically the Patriots' domination over the Jets. It just continued, um, and Belichick has their number, and that's really all there is to it. And until the Jets can prove that they can beat the Patriots, this is going to continue to happen. So we'll go ahead and move on to the uh, New Orleans Saints beating the Los Angeles Rams 27 to 20. What did you guys see in this game? I saw Andy Dalton playing like Bengals Andy Dalton. That's what I saw. Three touchdowns, 260 yards. I mean, I don't know what was going on with Kamara. He had, you know, 80 yards. And um, the Rams, man, I think it's over, guys. I really think it's over. I thought this, this team, they might come back. But it's not. if they're losing to the Saints, it's over. Yeah, let me see if I can. All right, sorry, I had to mute that for the ringing. But yeah, uh, Nayef, what did you see in this game? I saw the Saints finally give the ball to Taysom Hill, and I saw the Saints win another ball game because they featured Taysom Hill. I think Dennis Allen's a big fan of the podcast. I think he finally checked out the last episode, and he went, you know what? I think Nayef's right. We're going to feed Taysom Hill the ball. And that's exactly what happened. They fed him the ball, and they won another game. Uh, another thing I saw is I saw Matt Stafford uh, suffer a concussion. And it was at that point that I found out that Matt, Com- Matt Stafford hasn't been suffering from concussions all year. Um, yeah, man, bad ramps. More bad ramps. Season's over. Cooper Cup's out for the year. It's done. Yeah. Super Bowl hangover. I think Ollie was absolutely right. It's that guy that gets promoted at work and starts taking drugs. I see Los Angeles Rams, man. Yeah, I think I, th- I think that um, they said this is going to be the first Rams losing season in a long time. Confirmed now because they it's they're like three and eight or something like that. Three and seven, uh, or they're just three and seven. Okay, well they're probably going to have a losing season at this point, and it's the first in a long time. And you love to see it. Uh, as I mentioned before, this team uh, bought a Super Bowl last year. They gave away all their draft draft picks over the past few years, and um, they're going to be in for some pain. And as a Seahawks fan. It's something I love to see. Uh, as for the Saints, I think they're starting to develop uh, their receivers. Chris Olave is, is an amazing receiver. Uh, uh, Jarvis Landry came back and had a great game. Juwan Johnson, I think, has five straight games with a touchdown now. Um, they're just a uh, they're a great team, um, and I think that they're going to continue to ascend if they continue to use Taysom Hill. And there, there's an interview after the game with uh, Jameis Winston who said that. His soul hurts because the starting job was taken away from him. And that's the NFL, buddy. That's what happens. You get your job taken away by somebody that's better than you. And as was mentioned before, the best player, the best quarterback on this team isn't uh, Jameis Winston. And it's really not even Dalton for these purposes. It's probably Taysom Hill. And they can just keep running the ball. So move, moving on to the Detroit Lions beating the New York Giants 31-18. to Oh, why? What did you see from the most overrated 
team in the league? So I saw the worst seven and two team in NFL history become the worst seven and three team in NFL history this week. I saw a team that is really short on talent. That lack of talent really uh, showed up, I think, in this game. Um, I think the the Lions, like I said earlier, you know, the Lions are a pretty explosive offense, actually, that I don't think they get enough credit for. And I think, you know, this I, I would not be surprised if this becomes a trend for the Giants in the latter half of the season. Having said that, I was impressed with – I did – like, you could see in this game – how Brian Dayball is able to maximize his talent just compared to the previous regime when I saw like these design runs for Daniel Jones like inside the 10 inside the 5 like things that they were doing that is how they got to this point but I don't I I obviously don't see them continuing with this Um, and you know kudos to the Lions I think you know they pushed through and they were able to get one absolutely Naya for a little bit Here's what I saw. I saw a gay, a guy, a gay, a guy by the name of Juan Dale Robinson. What a fantastic name. And he's got an apostrophe between the Juan and the Dale. Have the game of his life as a rookie. And then tear his ACL to be out for the year. What a bummer, man. Yeah. But the Giants, they were exposed. If you're losing to the Lions, sorry. You are who you who we thought you were. Exactly. They are who we thought they were. Absolutely. They're scrubs. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Nayef, are you done with your set? No, I'm, I'm, I was waiting for my take. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, man. We, we spoke about this in depth all year, to be honest. We said the Giants are going to go as far as Saquon Barkley is going to take them. And yesterday was just a game where Saquon Barkley was just completely shut down. So was the rest of the team. Uh, the Lions are a much better team than uh, we all think. You know, I mean, I mean, at least what their record indicates, they're way better than that. They're going to be good uh, going forward. They're going to give every every team they play a run for their money, to be honest. Uh, the Giants aren't as good as their record. They're not horrible, but they're not as good as their record is. I think that's the blueprint stopping them or beating them. Just shut down Saquon and they're done. Um. Guys, this was the Lions' third straight win. They beat the Packers, they beat the Bears, and they beat the Giants. Those are three pretty solid wins. Um, Saquon Barkley had less than 20 yards this game. I think, what, didn't he have like nine or 10 carries for like 19 yards or something like that? Ridiculous. I mean, this Lions' defense is renewed. This is not the same team that we've been watching all year. Uh, the Giants are going to continue to tank. Uh, Dory Jackson, I think, got injured again. Uh, you know, you mentioned Wandell Robinson. They had another cornerback that got injured. Um, oh my God, what is this? What is this angle we're getting from from Naif working out? I'm gonna try to focus here, but uh, this is uh, Brian Dayball's um, uh, intransigence or just like a bad personality coming back to bite him because uh, he put all these uh, receivers in the doghouse to start the year, and now that his receivers are getting injured. He only just has Darius Slayton left, essentially. I mean, I don't know who their second and third receiver are. And Brian Dable needs to focus on having better uh, a better relationship with his players. I think that's kind of what's causing this downfall here. Big kudos to the Lions, though. We'll move on to the next game. The Baltimore Ravens beating the Carolina Panthers 
13-3, barely beating this team in a game where there was no offense. And this guy, Lamar Jackson, um, where was he? What happened to Lamar Jackson? Somebody tell me. I got this guy on two kind of chance. He's a bum. He's not a he's not a quarterback. Take back everything I ever said about this guy. He sucks. Uh, one more can be said. It's a horrible game from a quarterback's perspective. What are you talking man. about? They won the game. Doesn't matter, man. Listen, my fantasy team suffered. That's all that really matters. That's a, that's yeah, a he ran. Are you playing that's for Pats? Good... Are you playing for W's? That's a great performance for a running back. Yeah, he did a great job as a running back. Horrible quarterback play. I'm going to say what Vin Diesel said in Series 1. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. All right, listen, Mr. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let's get some other Let's get some other Vin Diesel quotes. But, you know, if you win against the Panthers, it's only like half a win. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing. Especially 13-3. Yeah, I don't think it's going to take him far in the playoffs. Man. It's much closer than it should have been. And Baker Mayfield played horrible. The Panthers played horrible. And the uh, Ravens barely won. So it wasn't encouraging for me, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, why? Bad Ravens, worst Panthers. Yep. That's my take. So I, I probably want to go as far as I guess you guys are going on Lamar because I do think he was, well, apparently battling illness. Um that doesn't, I think, that doesn't uh, save you from criticism when you have a bad game. You know, you're on the field. That's what they say. So, you know, you're, you sign up for whatever happens, you know, at that point. If you're good enough to play, you're good enough to receive criticism. So, uh, he didn't play a great game. And, you know, to be fair, I, I this is a game I probably watched the least of this past week. It was horrible. Just, like, incredibly boring. Uh, anytime I don't have to watch Baker Mayfield play, it's a good day. Um <laughs> So I, you know, big picture, I'm not, I don't, I don't see the Ravens as like a division winner. I, I know they're they're they have a game lead on the Bengals, I think right now, but the Bengals are a much better team, and I think we'll probably get to them later. I, I see Cincinnati winning this division, and I see the the Ravens being kind of like a lower wild card type team. That's kind of like my big picture takeaway from this game. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Did you say he was playing with an illness? Huh? He was playing with an illness? He was sick, apparently. That's what they with, said. With, with what? With cholera? Because he was playing like absolute dog shit, man. Horrible, horrible. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defending it. I'm not defending his play. I'm just saying that I'm not ready to say that he can't, that he sucks as a player. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say he, he looked like dude. Yeah, I like that comparison. Yeah, yeah you know. Fine. I can't. I can't wait until the Ravens uh, play a, a legit team to expose them because they keep winning these close games against these bad teams, and I just I can't wait for them to get exposed. I um, I have no belief in this team, so that's all I have to say about that. And um, the Panthers are barely an NFL team. So moving on to the Washington Commanders beating the Houston Texans, twenty-three to ten. Commanders are now 6-5, and five, and every team in the NFC East has a winning record. What did y'all see? So I so I, I want to go on record here. I, I was talking to a coworker of mine who's a Commanders fan, and I told him before the game, I said that I think you guys are going to finish higher than the Giants. And 
I stick to that. I think I think the Commanders will end the season with a better record than the Giants. Um, I think they're top to bottom. I think they're a better team. They're more talented. Uh, I mean, neither one of them really have quarterbacks, but I think you know that that Washington defense is playing better recently, especially you know that interior defensive line. But I think they also have they also have weapons on offense at the skill positions, the running backs, the receivers. And the Giants don't, outside of Saquon, the Giants don't have any of that. So I'm not that surprised by the Commanders playing this or kind of going on, uh, getting a little hot recently. The only thing that, the only part of it that I think surprises me is that they're doing it with pretty much no quarterback. But Taylor Heineke is a nice story, but, you know, I still don't believe in the guy at all. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how far, you know, they're going to have to be a very defensive oriented team. And for Houston, like, there's really nothing to say. They're obviously taking for four quarterbacks, so it's whatever. Yeah. Naya Ferrodi. Go ahead, Naya. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to piggyback on what Hawaii said, that interior run defense is for real, man. Uh, they made uh, Pierce look horrible. He couldn't, he couldn't get any running room all day. And that's, that's the Texans' only chance of putting up points on the board, to be honest. I think they did themselves in early on with that pick six. I think it was like on one of the first plays, of the, uh, first offensive plays of the, the Texans. And it was over from there. It was a wrap. Texas, uh, the commanders are pretty good, man. They're also a quarterback away, in my opinion. Uh, that's what I saw. Yeah. I saw a team Guys. that could uh, make the playoffs. Guys, the commanders are 6-5. and five. They have a yeah. winning record. Yeah. This team has beaten some good teams, man. Do not oh, doubt yeah. this team. Now, do I think they're going to do anything? No. Do I think they'll ever do anything? No. But they're a good team. Yeah. And the Texans, I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. The Texans yeah. might be the second best team in Texas right now. <laughs> might be. <laughs> Close. Okay. Yeah, I would say that they, uh, they they definitely are the second best team for sure. They might be the third best team after like the University of Texas. Um, Commander six and five. Uh, they got Antonio Gibson involved in the run game. Um, I have to say I was really high on Brian Robinson coming into this season, and he came back like pretty soon, and he doesn't look like the same player to be honest. Uh, he was very explosive before you know the shooting uh, accident. Um, and he's just very, he's very slow now. Uh, I don't know if he doesn't trust like, you know, you know, whatever they did to repair his, his legs, but I feel bad because, um, he's not moving well. Um, on the other side, you're right. Damian Pierce got completely stopped. He ran for like less than 20 yards as well. Um, and if he doesn't run, then the, the Texans have no chance. Hopefully he rebounds next, um, uh, next week. But this was, you know, a case of the commanders, uh, getting a, a, a bad team at a right time for them. They have a lot of momentum now. I think they're a very scary team. And when Chase Young comes back, um, you know, around the NFL is, is, is trying to get their defensive line uh, combo to be called Young and Sweaty, uh, Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat. But um, Kyle Fuller, that pick six was huge. Uh, and uh, commanders are, I mean, I don't know if you guys as, as Cowboys fans are, uh, worried about the commanders uh, in this capacity. I think you're right. 
they don't they don't have a quarterback at this point, and that's really the uh, the the one thing that's probably going to hold them back from making any kind of a uh, anything past the wild card. I think so. Moving on, they don't have to, a quarterback, and they have little bro syndrome when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. So we're not we're not worried about them. Okay, enough said. Moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders beating the Denver Broncos twenty two to sixteen in a game that both teams were trying to give away. Literally, Melvin Gordon kept fumbling the ball. They cut him today. Um, this was painful to watch. These teams are so average. What'd you guys see? I, I yield my time to Knife. Knife can have all my time about the, the, the Raiders. All right. Another week, man. Another week. Another Raiders win. Their car. Their car. This guy sucks, man. That's what I saw. This guy sucks. Devontae Adams who carried him there towards the end of the game. I wonder what it would look like without Devontae Adams. Honestly. Like, what would they be? 0-9? 0-10? They'd be a sinking uh, pirate ship. I really feel bad for Devontae Adams. I really feel bad that he has to put up like 150 yards and two TDs to get an overtime win. Yeah. And to have like three total wins on the season. But, I mean, that's, that, that comes with the territory of having Derek Carr as your quarterback. Because it's just horrible. That's what I saw. But I also saw some bad play from the Broncos. I mean, hasn't been a good year for Russ. Uh, maybe they need a new head coach. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be working there in Denver. Maybe it's the air. It's that rarefied air. Who knows, man. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Derek Carr sucks. Russ sucked, too. That's all I, that's all I saw. Yeah. Oh, oh, did I mention that Derek Carr sucks? You did. The the winner. Yeah. Derek Carves. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of winner. He's never been a winner. Uh, the whole family is a bunch he, of losers. <laughs> well, he, he did beat the Broncos, but Erodi, what did you see? Guys, why are we even talking about this game, man? Like, seriously, bro. This is one of those games where you just say, uh, 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 the Raiders beat the Broncos. Okay, great. Let's move on. Let's Three, two, three, and seven teams playing against each other. It doesn't matter at this point of the season. This should be like, a, you know, uh, whatever. Let's just move on. That's that's how I feel about this game. Yeah. I, not, I didn't watch it. Nobody watched it. I guarantee you, nobody watched it. Okay. I, th- I think the, the the good people of Las Vegas and Denver had um, had this game uh, by force on their television. But yeah. I mean, look, man, the people of Denver. I've been to Denver. Okay, no offense, but what a shit, what a shit hole, Honestly, it's no. Okay. Um, uh, listen, the, uh, the, the, the thoughts of Rodi do not reflect the this entire podcast. Just Rodi. <laughs> Alba, what did you see? Uh, uh, so, I saw more of the same as far as Denver goes, or more of what we've seen most of the year. I saw a really interesting stat. So, I don't remember the exact numbers, but the top four scoring defenses in terms of the lowest points allowed per game so it's the Cowboys and we're seven and three and then I think it's the 49ers and somebody else they're all at 16 17 points a game and they're all at like seven and three six and four you know something like that and then you have the Denver Broncos in there they're three and seven guys like this is this is embarrassing this is this is an elite elite defense uh, you know, Sertan might already be the best cornerback in the league. I think, you know, the way that they scheme, the way that they play is really impressive on defense. 
especially because of how bad the offense is. This is like 98% on the offense. If you want to, you know, include Nathaniel Hackett, if you want to include Russell Wilson, like whatever. But like, you know, this is almost entirely on the offense, and I'm going to put most of that on Hackett. I'm, I, I know Russell has played like horrible, but he, I think he still deserves some time given his history. The guy on the hot seat, or pretty much close to being like thrown off the ledge at this point, is Hackett. I just don't see how he survives, no matter how the rest of the season goes. Unless they, unless they run the table, I don't see him surviving as a head coach. Yeah, Omar, I, can... I don't know what you mean about best cornerback. He gave up like 150 yards to Devontae Adams. I mean, he, yeah, he I know, but you know what? That's that's like you're talking like best on best at that point, man. I don't I don't fault him for that. I get it, I get it. And but the thing is, like, he's still young, man. He's like in his second yeah, season. Yeah. He's, he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna be amazing. He's gonna, he really is. Yeah, I, I I would definitely agree with you on the Hackett point. I I think he brings no stability to this team. I don't really think he knows what he's doing. I will concede the Broncos have had really bad running back luck with Javante going down and Melvin Gordon continuing the fumble. Now they're relying on Latavius Murray. I think Corlin Sutton is a great receiver. And Russ, um, there's there's no you know beating around the bush at this point. He um, he has regressed. I mean, there, it's been like 10, 11 weeks now. He, he, I, I am still, of course, willing to give him more time. But there's he's undoubtedly regressed from what he was in Seattle. Um and the Raiders, like Naif mentioned, this was a Devontae game. I mean, without Devontae, they don't win this game. He is—he was the best player on that field today, and that's why the Raiders won, in my opinion. Moving on to the game you've been waiting for. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Minnesota Vikings 40-3. to I'm not going to say anything else. Go ahead. Go That's a fan through and through. All right. Cowboys fans, what do you guys get to say? Yeah. I mean, I think Lily's right. A dead clock is uh, – a clock can be alive. 
and the Vikings clock is ticking. Tick, 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 tick. They got 37 seconds left. 37. 37. 37. Oh, that was the margin of victory. 37 seconds. <laughs> look, look, at, look at his analysis. This just tells you that he's, he's, he's shaking. He doesn't know what to say. I told you the Cowboys would win. I, I told you last week when I had the Vikings fourth or third on my third on my uh, power rankings. I said fourth with the Cowboys, and they're gonna surpass the Vikings after they beat them next week. I didn't see a thirty-seven point victory, but I guess I didn't think uh, the Vikings were that bad. They're horrible. They're not as good as their record is. They're uh, maybe I think they fell from third place in my power rankings to like ninth. I think they had the the worst drop of any team my power rankings. They don't have a quarterback, man. They don't have a receiver. I thought they had the best receiver. But then he went up against the best cornerback in the world. And now we all know that Justin Jefferson is Trayvon Diggs' son. Uh, man, we just ran a train. We ran a train. I don't know what to tell you about that. I want to gloat. I want to sit here and gloat. But it sucks, especially coming off the loss to the Packers because that was a winnable game. But I think uh, we just saw the best team in the NFC, and I don't think anybody wants to play the Cowboys. Oh, what? That's why. So, so I'll say this. So, the NFL relocated the Bills-Lions game, or the Bills-Cleveland game to Detroit. I think the Cowboys relocated this game to Blowout City. They took the Vikings to Blowout City, and... I'm actually going to disagree with Nyef about one thing. I, I do think Minnesota is actually a good team. And I think that that's what makes this win very impressive. Like, even if they had just won, like, 24 to 20 or something, that would have been impressive in and of itself. But to really go out there and blow them out like that was extremely impressive. It's, it's the most impressive win we've had in a while. And I think it speaks to, hopefully, you know, the Cowboys are – getting hot at the right time and starting to click. Thanksgiving is, you know, Bill Parcells said, you know, you don't really know who you are until Thanksgiving. That's when you set yourself up to start making a run for the postseason. You know, I'm hoping that's what we're seeing. I think that this win puts us in the conversation as being one of the best teams in the conference, like a top team in that conference. Um, and I, I don't I don't really think it I don't really think it discounts the Vikings either. I, I still think the Vikings are a good team. I just think they got showed up today, to be quite honest with you. Um, and yeah, man, like, everybody was clicking. Dak was on fire. Tony Pollard was on fire. Our offensive line was kicking ass today. Or, I'm sorry, kicking butt. I know there might be kids watching this. But, yeah, I think this is a statement win, you know, for the Cowboys. It's the most impressive win they've had in a while. So, you know, I, I, that's kind of my big takeaway. Before, I mean, before you start, Amar, before you start, okay? okay. First of all, uh, 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 Amar Yusuf, I, I don't like how reasonable your analysis was because I was about to like shoot back with some very, very hard words. And he, after you saying that, this is going to discount what I'm about to say. But it doesn't matter because I'm going to say it anyway, okay? Now, let me remind you of the 1992 Dallas Cowboys. Wow, this team was amazing, right? They beat the 49ers in the conference championship. They beat the Bills. Oh, my God, the dynasty has started. There's no way that this team got blown out in week five of that season. Yes, they did. It doesn't mean anything. The Cowboys will win the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, the Vikings. <laughs> ah, thank you, thank you. Hey, thank you. Hey, 
Thank you, thank you. Uh, listen, man, I, we don't we don't want to gloat. I mean, it's, it's a normal thing for the Cowboys to beat the Vikings. You know, we beat you in Minnesota last year. We beat you in Minnesota the year before. It's becoming a yearly theme. It's like it's almost like you play in our division. We face you once a year in Minnesota, and we kick your butts. We beat you with Andy Dalton. We beat you with Cooper Rush, and now Dak just massacred you. And Omar, I think it's okay to see ass because if anybody saw this game, then they witnessed a murder live on TV. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Hey, Unai, you look like you're about to commit a murder on live TV with that outfit. I just want to say you look like I'm going to murder you. Okay. I'm going to murder you. That's, that's going to happen. Whoa, whoa. No murder talk, fellas. No murder talk. But, yeah, I mean, so it's crazy. The, the NFL is a crazy league, man. You can go from beating the Bills at Buffalo to losing to Dallas by 37 at home. Some might say this was a game where the Vikings were celebrating too much after winning that game. They went on the plane, and you had Kirk Cousins celebrating and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that could have been it. Maybe it was just like a big letdown for them. But there's no doubt Dallas is a very, very strong team. Yeah, and on the opposite end, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the Packers beating the um, uh, uh, the Cowboys the week before. And then um, what happened to the Packers this week? They lost to the, to the Titans 27-17. It's a crazy, it's a crazy league. But my biggest takeaway from this game is that Tony Pollard is the MVP of the Cowboys. And, I've, you know, I, I tried to say this for, for a long time, but he is absolutely the best player on that team. He is a game changer for that team. And I hope they continue to use him as much as possible. Zeke is great for short yardage stuff, and that's how he got both of his touchdowns. But utilize Zeke as both a pass catcher and a running back because he is excellent. We'll go ahead and move on to the last game. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 37-30. to As I hear Naif uh, grunting uh, while he's doing his uh, his leg squats. Uh, what did you guys see in this game? We hope that's what he <laughs> Naif, you have, uh, your, you have your hand raised here. So what, what do you have to say? So I saw... Okay, Omar. One of you, you guys. I think the line is cutting out, but one of you guys go ahead. I was going to say, man, what a, what a, a great matchup of great uniforms. Man. At least that's. that's uh, I was just saying about the uh, combinations. But yeah, man, you know, divisional game, these are always stops. Um, I think they were playing in Pittsburgh, too, right? And I think, you know, head to head, I think Cincinnati is a much better team. I think they're the best team in that division. I think they're going to take that division. And that's another team that I think could start rolling at the right time. You know, they're earlier in the season, they were a little up and down. But, you know, we've seen them, we've seen Joe Burrow kind of catch fire recently. Um, I would keep an eye on Joe Mixon and see if he's healthy. Uh, he's a big part of that offense. But, guys, they didn't have Jamar Chase, you know, for past few weeks, and he's coming back too. So, I think that's a team that I would keep an eye on. And Steelers, man, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because they almost are always in it so it's a little weird to see them not being a good team but that's really what they are they're just not a good team they're not going to make the playoffs Tomlin is likely going to have his first losing season as a head coach um, so I'd be interested to see like how they respond to that next year Indeed. I gotta say I'm a little winded from that rant from the previous game so 
You looked up. You got. You had some great stats. I like that. I like that. I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, uh, Joe Burrow proved this game that you know he can actually win without uh, his 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 star receiver. Um, the the Bengals they looked really good in this game. I can't believe the Steelers scored thirty points. That's it's insane to me. Uh, but can we talk about Samaji Perine? P Ryan. P Ryan. Nah, he's Perrine to me. You know why? <laughs> All right. Samadhi Perrine because he played serene. And he, <laughs> and he looked okay. good, man. He was there. He had three, three, three rushing, three receiving touchdowns. And he was the leading rusher. This game is all about this guy. I never heard of this guy in my entire life. Is he even a starter? What is he, a practice squad guy? Who, who knows? Who is this individual? He's been that backup for a few years. And he showed out, baby. And the Bengals, they proved that they will be a team that goes to the playoffs and lose the first game again. <laughs> again. After the Super Bowl, yeah. Nayef, what do you have it to say? Super Bowl, bro. <laughs> and, but you're, and you, maybe you mean like years before last year. They would be like one and done, yeah. Nayef, what, 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 what do you a got? A dead clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, Omar, what, what can I say? I didn't really get to watch much of this game until uh, they took the Vikings-Cowboys game off TV during the fourth quarter because, you know, the game was over after three quarters. So I only caught the tail end of this game. But I saw a few highlights. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan feasted. I think uh, they were trying to give him his turn after Mixon scored five TDs last week. But, I mean, it was closer than it should have been against a really weak Steelers team. So I don't know. I mean, the division divisional games are always close, but I don't know, man. I'm not too uh, I'm not too amped about this uh, Bengals performance, to be honest. But yeah, maybe they can put it together going forward. But mm. I'm not looking too too much into this. The Steelers. Um... Did I, did I mention them? No, you're you're here. Did I mention Did I mention the Cowboys beat the Vikings by 37 points? I, I think once or twice. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy, man. You'd think that the Cowboys, you know, they didn't have a game where they only scored three points this season. You'd think that. Well, as far as the Steelers go, I, I was, I was, I, I was impressed by the fight that they put in this game. Uh, Pickens continues to be a really good receiver. I thought Najee Harris had a, had a pretty good game. Jalen Warren got injured and left the game. That's like pretty bad news for them uh, if he can't come back. T.J. Watt had a really good interception in this game as well. I think as they get some of their defensive players back, they can be like formidable. They're, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they can be like a, a berserker team that like upsets a lot of teams. Um, as far as the Bengals go, I think uh, Zach Taylor is really like elevating himself as a uh, as an offensive mind to be able to um, pivot to Samaji Pirine when they were focusing on Joe Mixon. Was very impressive the way that they've been able to integrate T. Higgins, who is actually an incredible receiver and would be a number one on like almost any other team, uh, is really impressive. Uh, Tyler Boyd is really good. They also have another guy, uh, this white guy with long hair that caught a touchdown for them. I forget his name, but Zach Taylor is becoming very good at integrating all of his players, and uh, I think the Bengals as an offensive team are very very scary. So. Guys, that concludes the NFL Week 11 Recap Roundtable. Um, I want to thank Omar Yusuf, Naif, and Arodi here. Uh, this has been the 
You're raising your hand, Naif. What do you have to say? We're not going to talk about the Chargers and the Chiefs? No, because I have to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, we can talk about them in the, in the Pick'em Show next week. But, um, yeah, I want to thank you all for, for tuning in here. Um, please uh, follow this uh, podcast on Instagram at football underscore V underscore football. Like I mentioned last time, we have a lot of cool reels to help with uh, also fantasy sports as well. Uh, we also cover the other kind of football uh, during the World Cup. I think you might enjoy that as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, we're still working on that blue check mark from uh, from Elon. We're trying to get a discount from eight dollars to to four. We're trying to get a fifty percent discount. We'll see if that works. Um, watch this on YouTube. You can also listen to it on Apple Podcasts now and Spotify and Anchor, and you can support it on Kofi. So this has been the Football v Football Podcast. Omar Yusuf, Naya Fahed in the gym. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a great day, football fans.